0: A tsunami, I keep the This surprise.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter and if you would do me a favor please subscribe to whoever you're listening please subscribe to the YouTube channel I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers by my birthday so which is in July so please it would definitely mean a lot if you subscribe today's episode I'm going to give my unpopular draft awards uh last week I gave a grade for every first round pick but this week I'm I'm going to you know give out the awards. who had the best pick who had the worst pick we'll talk about it I'm also going to out of all the start or all the first round quarterbacks, I'm going to tell you which one I believe is going to start week 1. I look at the NBA playing game, of course LeBron James had a lot to say about it this week, but I'm going to look at the teams that are in or potentially could be in the playing game and I'm going to tell you why they will make it out the playing and why they won't. I also talk about Russell Westbrook. Scott Brooks came out and said he's the second best point guard of all time. We will definitely talk about that. And I'm gonna give Carmelo Anthony his flowers, the well-deserved flowers. but here's where we'll start. so like i said i I came out with a you know I came out with the unpopular uh, mock draft that definitely <laughs> i was I was wrong on almost every pick so hey. a <laughs> I also gave a a grade letter grade for every first round pick for all thirty two picks and what I wanted to do Was for this episode, I wanted to give my awards. Like I said, the draft is over with. Uh, There's still people getting picked up in free agency undrafted. So I'm going to start with the best pick. Who had the best pick of the draft? Now, I wanted to go kind of outside the first round for this pick because it's easy to say, you know, Trevor Lawrence was the best pick. It's easy to say Justin Fields to the Bears was the best. It's easy to say, I, I don't know, Patrick Sertan was the best to the Broncos. I wanted to kind of look outside the first round and see who to me made the best pick who may have fell further than i thought and 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 which team to me had the best pick and honestly outside the first round i believe the best pick was asante samuel jr the cornerback uh to the chargers i a lot of people had him ranked as a first round pick an early first round pick too, maybe top 15 and the fact that you slid all the way to the second round and went to the chargers to me that that's a home run the chargers needed help at the cornerback position and you get you get paired you you you're putting on first of all asante samuel like i said out of florida state is was one of the best cornerbacks in college football like i said he was projected to go at least top 15 to 20 and for you to pick him up or be able to pick him up second round to me is a is a, is a, is a steal. You know what I mean? And I feel that like I said, the Chargers the Chargers are is a team that didn't need much but addressed exactly what they needed. They addressed the offensive line with Rashawn Slater. They addressed the cornerback position with Asante Samuel. They got a, they got a running I mean a wide receiver. Like the charges are going to be extremely good this year. Justin Her people are expecting Justin Herbert to make a make an improvement, even after the rookie of the rookie offensive rookie of the year. It, it's just I, I just feel like you getting Rashawn Slater is is the best thing. That, I mean, not Rashawn Slater. You getting Asante Samuel in the second round to me is is a home run. I think that was the best pick outside of the first round, of course, and. I think Asante Samuel Jr., like I said, you you pick up a guy that was projected to go at least 15 to 20 and you have him in the second round just sitting there. So I would say the best pick would be just, or it was Asante Samuel Jr. to the Chargers. Let me get the worst pick. <laughs> There was a lot of questionable picks, man. There was there was a lot of questionable picks. There's a lot of reaches, like I think especially after the first round, you can look at some of the Dallas picks. While they did address heavy on defense, which I believe they should have, a lot of the people that they picked were 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 reaches in my opinion. Uh what Stokes that the the Green Bay Packers chose, <laughs> that was that was weird, but I'll say this. To me, there's no, there's no other. And and again, congratulate. And I say this, I said this last week. I say it this week. Congratulations to every player that got drafted. You know, you guys did something that half the world, majority of the world, couldn't do. You're you're great at your position. So shouts out to you guys. However, I'll say the worst pick in my opinion, and the most reached pick was Alex Leatherwood, the offensive lineman that went to the Raiders. First and foremost, if you wanted to address the offensive line, there was better picks than Alex Leatherwood. Not to mention, even if you wanted Alex Leatherwood, I'm almost sure that he would be available at least the second and third round. Now, I know people are going to say, but wait, Jay, wait. Wait a second. In your mock draft, you had Alex Leatherwood going to Washington in the first round. Yes, very true. However, if you also look at the mock draft, you'll see that I had all the better offensive linemen, Rashawn Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker, Darisol, I had them already gone. So I just it just doesn't make sense. Not to me and, and this is coupled with this is coupled with the offseason that the Raiders had. When you give up your two best offensive linemen, when you give up your best wide receiver, well, one of your best wide receivers, actually your best wide receiver, you you go run heavy. Even though you have Josh Jacobs and you get Kenyon Drake, I, it just doesn't make sense. The 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 offensive lineman that you gave up is better than Alex Leatherwood. So it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. It's like that's why this this. This pick is so, is more confusing than anything because not only did you reach, not only were there better players that were still available, Darryl Saul was still available. Not only was there better players still available, the person that you got, which is in Alex Leatherwood, he has – he wasn't even – let me say this. There's a thing with people coming out of Alabama, you know, and I get Alabama is probably the best school when it comes to getting talent. I mean, you look at Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, uh, Mag Jones. Uh, hell, even even not even this draft, you got uh Tua Taka Faloa, Jalen Hurst. You know, they, they Alabama has it, it's a, it's a great school for NFL talent. The problem is when you look at Alex Leatherwood on tape, when you look at the draft um, comparisons, when you look at all the people that evaluate in his game, he was a second to third round talent. And if you wanted Alex Leatherwood, you still could have got him in the third, second or third round. So you get him, I think it was 17th. It just, look, that's the thing. That's the thing, man. I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me because the people that you gave up and you didn't have to give them up, by the way, the, the offensive lineman that you gave up, whether in trade or free agency, is better than Alex Leatherwood. And not to mention, I understand you going offensive line because you gave up the two pieces, but why would you go with the offensive lineman that will obviously be there in the third round when you still had great offensive linemen? I don't
0: know. That makes sense to me. That makes sense.
1: Let's go with the sleeper pick. Sleeper pick, this is the pick where you look at a player maybe that didn't go in the first or... Or somebody that fell a lot further than you thought. A lot of people want to say, "What about Mac Jones?" Mac Jones most definitely is not on this. <laughs> um, not this pick. I'm gonna say my sleeper pick. On the, honestly, was Rondé Moore. R- Rondé Ron Moore, the wide receiver that got drafted. He we went to Purdue, I believe, and he got drafted to the Cardinals. The Cardinals need a speedy receiver. Now, I understand. I know you have uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but you need someone that's more of a speedster. You need more of a uh, he kind of reminds you of a Darren Sproles type. I mean, he is small, but he's a speedster. He can run, and he can catch the ball. And And that's the thing. I think it's a sleeper because while the Cardinals do, like I said, have arguably one of the best wide receivers in the game in DeAndre Hopkins, they needed that second wide receiver they needed that speedster because they they have a lot of people that can go up and get the ball but they don't have like like burners they don't have a tyree kill they don't have a like i said a darren sproles and Rondell moore or rondell moore whatever how however you say his name uh he he is he fits perfectly for that i had him going first round uh in my mock draft even though now i think about it they made the right decision i kind of had him going maybe first round to the ravens because the ravens need a wide receiver and He's also a, a a wide receiver that does a lot of jet sweeps, does a lot of um routes or um does a lot of fade routes, but not fade routes. Who, does a lot of uh I guess jet sweeps and you know, it kind of fit the Ravens running games that's receiving game. But I think that Ronde Moore will be a sleeper pick. I think that we're going to look up and he is going to be a, an an integral part for the uh Cardinals. I think him pairing him right next to DeAndre Hopkins and with the quarterback of Kyler Murray, and you still have a, a, a good running game, I, I think that this could be a sleeper pick. So my sleeper pick is Rondé Moore, uh, the wide receiver that got drafted to the Cardinals. Let's go with the best, the team that won the draft. Now, there are a lot of teams that did really well. Like the Carolina Panthers, you get Jace Horn, arguably the second uh the second corner you get terrence marshall jr the wide receiver uh brady christensen uh tommy trimble like that they did a really good they addressed their defense they addressed the offensive line they addressed uh the 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 wide receiver even though you didn't really need to address the wide receiver you get another wide receiver and a wide receiver in terrence marshall where a lot of people had him going maybe second round so you know you address. they had a really good draft um the Browns had a they had a really good offseason, but the Browns had a really good draft. Greg Newsom, uh Jeremiah, ooh, I'm gonna just say J-O-K. Uh Anthony Schwartz, uh Tommy Tagli, you know, Togi Togia. You know, they 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 had a good draft, man. You can look the Ravens had a really good draft. Rashad Bateman, uh Jason Owen, uh Ben Cleveland, Brandon Stevens. Like these are really good players. Talon Wallace, who a lot of people think that that could have been a sleeper and a steal of the draft. Uh, Sean Wade. You you look at um, the Dolphins, Jalen Waddle, Jalen Phillips, Javon uh, Holland. Like, they they had a really good draft. But I will say the team that won the draft were the Jets. And I say that because the, dred- the Jets, in my opinion, have four players that can be instant, inst- not instant stars, but instant they can they can help instantly. Now, of course you have Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick. We know, I mean, he's a quarterback, he number two. You expect him expect him to have in you know. But the Jets the Jets needed to address a lot of things. They needed to address the quarterback position, which they did. They needed to address the guard position, which they had arguably one of the best guards in Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. They needed to address the wide receiver position, even though they have a couple wide receivers, they don't really have like the number one receiver and Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss can be that. And of course you need a running back. Now a lot of people were upset that it didn't go for either Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, but you go Michael Carter, who a lot of people may not know him because they don't really watch football like that. But Michael Carter out of UNC, that is a, a, a physical back. And I just think that they have four players that can, have instant impact. Now again, I understand the Carolina Panthers, you know, Jace Horn, he's good. Cleveland Greg Newsome, uh if you look at like I said Rashad Bateman, if you look at Justin Fields and the and the Bears with uh Tevin Jenkins, that was good, but I just feel the Jets they addressed every need that they that they had. Now, of course, that's not all the dra- that's that they're not all the people the the Jets picked. I mean, they still picked a Jaren Sherwood. They picked uh let me see. Michael, Michael, Michael Carter, the second they picked Jason Pitt, uh, pink on, they picked, uh, handsome. And there's yeah, the dude from Florida state, the linebacker from Florida state. I just feel like they addressed every need and they have at least four players that right now you, I'm not gonna say, you know, cause you, I mean, you'd never know in the draft, but at least on paper, these players can make instant impacts. Like I said, you, you, Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah uh, Moore, and Michael Carter, the running back out of UNC. So, I think that the Jets had the best, uh, the best draft, in my opinion. My next and last award is who had the worst draft. Uh, a lot of people want to want to say. You can look at what the what the Bills did, getting uh, Greg uh, Rasu, getting Carlos. You know, they they had a lot of reachers. You can look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, even though they didn't really need much. You get uh, Joe Thyron, Kyle Trash, who I think will be pretty good. However, I'm going to look at a team that uh, had issues at one position and didn't really address those issues. To me, and and they didn't have a lot of draft picks. I understand that. But uh, the team that I feel had the worst draft were the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm going to tell you why I think they had the worst draft. Seattle Seahawks didn't have that many picks uh, due to um, a couple trades and and everything like that. But Seattle's glaring, and I mean absolutely glaring, problem is their offensive line. Now, I understand that they got maybe what two offensive linemen in the in free agency, but you need an offensive line and You, even though you didn't have a lot of picks, it's kind of like what the Cowboys did. Even though a lot of people want to talk about what the Cowboys did, getting a lot of linebackers instead of really focusing on corner and stuff. The Cowboys knew they needed to address the defense, and pretty much their entire draft were the, was the defense. So even though you can talk about we don't know this, we don't, we don't know what it is. I mean, we don't know if, they, if it was a good pick or not. We know that they addressed their defense. Seattle Seahawks, and the reason why I'm giving them or awarding them the worst uh, having having the worst draft, is because again, we know that they need an offensive line like that. They're one of the their their bottom five in offensive line. Russell Wilson is one of it will go down if it doesn't improve as one of the most sacked quarterbacks of all time. And in the draft, your your biggest picks was Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge and who was a wide receiver, and Trey Brown, who's a cornerback. Now, you look at Trey Brown like, okay, that could be a good pick, but you had Shaquille Griffin and you let him go. It, it kind of goes back to um, it kind of goes back to Alex Leatherwood and and the Raiders. Players that you had at the position, while of course you get cheaper with Trey Brown. Shaquille Griffin is better than Trey Brown. And you let him walk. Not to mention, your biggest picks were Dwayne. And again, I understand. Well, they don't really. I mean, I understand you can improve the wide receiver position. But you still have uh, Lockett. You still have. Um, what's, 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 why is his name escaping me? Uh, I forgot his name. Dang, oh, I forgot his name.
0: Why is his name escaping me? Huge
1: milk whatever you you don't really need to address the wide receiver position and uh, you needed to address the offensive line and you didn't really do that so I just I I, I don't don't really again I'm not I'm not in the war rooms I don't really understand Uh, like I can't really be out here making decisions for teams because I don't I don't do that much research as far as what teams should do but I just don't understand why it's glaring what your problem is and you don't address it. Um it now now Green Bay almost 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 won this award. Green you know getting, you know, reaching for the second best cornerback from Georgia uh when when you could have got the first best. So or second best, but uh yeah, man, I think that the team that had the worst draft, in my opinion, even though you didn't have a lot of draft picks, you had opportunities to address what you need to address, and you didn't. So I have Seattle uh, winning the or being awarded the team that lost the draft, I guess. Uh, let's move forward. I also said that I was going to talk about the out of all the, what, five starting quarter or five quarterbacks that were drafted first round. Who starts week one and who doesn't? You have Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Let's start with Trevor Lawrence. To me, that's the easiest one. Um, you don't you don't you don't pick Trevor Lawrence uh first round. I mean you don't pick Trevor Lawrence first overall. You don't bring in uh Miles Miles Urban Myers, you don't bring him in. If Trevor Lawrence is not the not not only the quarterback of the present, but the quarterback of the future. And honestly, and you don't have a I mean, yeah, you have a Gardner Minshew, but. Trevor Lawrence is considered a prodigy, pretty much people think that Trevor Lawrence can argue like in a couple years can be on the same level of Andrew Luck, uh, maybe of a Peyton Manning by the end of his career, I don't know. Or this is this is his quarterback comp. You know what I'm saying? They're saying, you know, coming into college, they were pretty much saying that he is going to go first overall. Which all, that was him coming into college, uh, and we know the success he had at Clemson. So this is easy for me. Trevor Lawrence will be starting Week One of the NFL season. You don't, again, you don't, you don't do all those moves that you did in the off season just to draft him and not start him. Now I. <laughs> This isn't the Jordan Love situation. You don't have Aaron Rodgers uh, there already. This, yeah, you... Yeah. Trevor Lawrence will most definitely be starting uh, week one. Zach Wilson. The same thing for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, again, you you make all these moves. Like I said, you get Zach Wilson, you get Vera Tucker, you get Elijah Moore. Uh, you... And then Robert Sala you, comes in. That, that doesn't happen if you don't expect him to start. Not to mention, your backup. a lot of people think that at this moment you're better than the backup. So Zach Wilson will start week one. And and again, he's drafted number two. You don't draft that high, again, unless you're Green Bay, you don't draft that high if you don't think that this player is going to be uh, a franchise player. And you don't, you know, unless you have, like like I said, Aaron Rodgers, unless you have... uh, a capable quarterback and, and, and starting at this moment, y- yeah. So Zach Wilson, he will be starting week one. Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a is a is a is a unique situation. Of course, we know the the 49ers draft traded up to get Trey Lance and there was an argument between J- Trey Lance and Mac Jones. The thing about Trey Lance, or let me say, the thing about the Trey Lance situation is because is you have Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo and I don't think that you're – I don't think that Trey Lance is good enough right now. And, and, again, I'm not saying he's bad. But I don't think Trey Lance is good enough to start. And I don't think that they drafted him even third over. I don't think they drafted him to to start. I think that they drafted him to sit behind Jimmy G and to watch Jimmy G. And maybe not this season, but maybe next season or the season after – bring him on as a starter cuz the writing's on the wall they don't draft a quarterback at the 3rd overall pick if they're so confident that Jimmy G is the is is the man moving forward i think that they're going to try to get off of Jimmy G but while Jimmy G is still there they're going to start Jimmy G i think i mean hell even though a lot of it was the defense jimmy G got them to a super bowl so I don't think Trey Lance is going to start Week One. I don't think Trey Lance, unless Jimmy G gets hurt and we know his history of injuries, I don't think he's going to play the first year. Uh, like I said, I think they didn't, they don't, they didn't get him to play the first year. I think that they got him to sit behind Jimmy G, learn what you got to learn, what you got to learn as a starting quarterback, and then maybe next year or in the future he will get the starting position. So no, I don't think Trey Lance will start Week One. Justin Fields. Here's the thing about Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields, in my opinion, is the best player as far as the quarterback position that they have. Uh, and it's really pretty much between Justin Fields and um, and uh, Andy Dalton. I think Nick Foles is still there, I believe, but it's pretty much between that. Here's the thing, though, and this is why I do not think Justin Fields will start week one. And we talk about we talked about it before, but all through the offseason, you heard the Bears were trying to get Deshaun Watson. You heard the Bears were in the running to get uh, Russell Wilson. And when you when you pretty much tease your fan base in saying that you're gonna get one of the two, and then you end up getting Andy Dalton, I think that you can't bring in Andy Dalton and expect him to not start. Especially when you had the offseason that you had, and pretty much promised the name that you promised. It's kind of like what the Knicks did. I don't know if you remember, but remember when the Knicks had Kurt, Pro, Christoph Porzingis, they traded him away, tried to clear up space, and they said they were going to pretty much said they were going to get Ka- uh, KD and Kyrie, and they end up going to Brooklyn. It's kind of like this. You don't bring in Andy Dalton, especially after you're saying you're going to get a Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. And have him not play or have him as a backup for a draft pick. Now, again, I do think that Justin Fields is the better player, especially at this moment, even though we haven't seen Justin Fields do a snap in the NFL. But I think the Bears know they have to start, and I mean have to start Andy Dalton. Even if Andy Dalton is garbage, they have to start Andy Dalton because of the offseason. And I think that Justin Fields would be would benefit greatly by playing behind Andy Dalton. Even though I'm not saying Andy Dalton's better. Andy Dalton is one of those career journeymen as far as, you know, went to Cincinnati. Well, he wasn't really a career journeyman from Cincinnati to Dallas and stuff like that. But uh I I don't I think they have to start Andy Dalton especially with the offseason they had so I don't think Justin Fields is going to be the starter week one and then we have Mac Jones uh, here's the thing man I don't th- I understand we need to be honest about what we saw from Cam Newton last year Cam Newton before COVID. Was on a roll. They they were a play away from beating Seattle, uh, and Cam Newton looked like the Cam Newton of old, running the football. Even though he didn't have a lot of pieces, they were still getting touchdowns. Cam Newton looked really good. Then you have COVID, and he he said on a I think uh, I am athlete uh, podcast that it's tough when he came back from COVID. It's kind of like the we all know and it's legendary that the the Patriots scheme, the Patriots playbook is one of the hardest to learn. And the fact that you, you know, you didn't have an off season, you didn't have a, a preseason with the team. The team, not just Cam Newton, but the team got hit with COVID a lot. And then you have all the opt outs. You don't really have pieces like that. Like your best wide receiver was Jacoby Myers, who was a quarterback in college. Uh Cam Newton did the best that he could not to mention the fact, like I said, it's the, the, the Patriots playbook is tough to learn. And, um, (laughs) and uh, it's kind of like, it's kind of like he, he just, it, it just kept moving when he had to stop for, for, for COVID. So, and that's why we saw, of course the middle of the season he didn't look good and then B, but at the end of the season he looked well. And I hear a lot of people saying that Mac Jones is going to start week 1. I don't believe so. You still have Cam Newton. Cam and and don't get me wrong, I know Cam Newton is not, you know, 2015 all the way to the Super Bowl MVP Cam Newton. I get that. But Cam Newton is still leaps and bounds better than Mac Jones in my opinion. And You know, you hear Dan Orlowski talking about Mac Jones be a better third down player. And that's also the thing, which we're not talking about. Almost Alabama's entire, almost their entire offensive line, almost entire defensive line, and their entire wide receiver core got drafted. So it's it's like, what? what? (laughs) I don't think Mac Jones should start week one. I don't think he will start week one because I think Cam Newton is going to be Cam Newton is better than Mac Jones. I think Cam Newton we're going to see the Cam Newton that we saw before COVID. I think or before COVID hit. Now again, if Cam Newton's bad, I, I yeah, I would I I would be the first one to admit if he's not having a good season or he's he's been bad, but I think Cam Newton is going to is, is better than Mac Jones and I think Cam Newton will start week 1. Outside of Mac Jones. Do I think Mac Jones is bad? No, I don't. But I do think that, like I said, there's a thing with Alabama quarterbacks, and there's the reason why a lot of Alabama quarterbacks don't don't work. Now, yeah, the, the, the jury's still out on on Jalen Hurts, even though he went from Alabama to uh, Oklahoma, the jury's still out on Tua. But that's the reason why a lot of Alabama quarterbacks don't work is because they're put into an unrealistic situation. Their college wide receivers more than likely in line is more than likely better than the team that they go to. Like you look at, you, you had you, you had Julio Jones, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, uh, Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle. These players are better than a lot of the wide receivers that you would see at a usual freaking. In, in 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 the NFL, not to mention you have Najee Harris, you had the 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 offensive line that you had. Like it's it's you don't really get that in the wire, in the in the NFL that much. So, and I'm not saying Mac Jones isn't going to work. I'm just saying slow the roll. I don't see how you can look at Mac Jones and Cam Newton and be like, yeah, he's leaps and bounds better than Cam, especially after we saw what we saw from Cam the first half of the season before COVID hit. So. That that, that's that's who I those are the quarterbacks and that out of all the first round picks uh, for quarterbacks I think those those are the people like I said I think Trevor Lawrence is going to start Week One I think uh, Zach Wilson is going to start Week One however I don't think Trey Lance Justin Fields or Mac Jones will start Week One I honestly don't think Trey Lance unless uh, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt I don't think he's going to play next year so let's move forward. So a lot has been said. A lot has been said about the playing game. Uh, you know, LeBron James came out the other day and said it was pretty much garbage, even though he kind of championed it uh, a couple months back. You know, if you're the seventh seed, you don't you don't want nothing to do with the playing game. If you're the tenth seed, you want everything to do with the playing game. There's a couple teams right now that are vi- fighting for the playing team playing games, and I'm going to talk about. Why some of these teams will make it out of the plan, and who won't make it out of the plan? Let's start with Memphis. To me, Memphis is a unique situation because they're young. I mean, you have John Morant, you have uh, Triple J, you have Dylan Brooks. And I think that would be a reason why they'd make it out the playoff plans because or, or win out the plans because John Morant is incredible. Even though it's his second year, John ja Morant, is is his ability to, to get to the rim, his bounce ability, his shooting, even though it, it, it does need a little bit of improvement, his shooting is still great. John ja Morant is an incredible player alongside Jaron Jackson uh, Jr., alongside Dylan Brooks, alongside uh, Garrett, uh, Grayson Allen, uh, Justin Anderson's there. I think that they have a, a good young core, and I think that their young core can get them maybe two wins if they score, more, score as much, you know, if they continue the scoring prowess that they do. The problem, the 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 reason why I think they wouldn't make the or won't make it out of the plan is because they don't play. Well, outside of Dylan Brooks and and, and Jarrett or Grayson Allen, they don't really play defense. <laughs> and quite as it's kept, there are some games, their defense, their offense to me is hot and cold. There's some games they can't hit the back they can't hit the side of a barn. Then there's some games that they can't they can't miss. And then it really depends on which Memphis that you get. Are we gonna get the Memphis that can't score? Are we Are gonna get the Memphis that can't stop scoring? And that's why I think the inconsistency will could be a reason why they don't make it out of the playing game. Let's go San Antonio. San Antonio to me has the best coach and Greg Popovich and you have some good you have some really good pieces, DeMar DeRozan, uh DeJounte Murray and I think that if you if you catch like I said you, you're you're not gonna have the best coach because they have Greg Popovich and if you catch if, if if DeMar DeRozan catches fire like we've seen him like I think he scored like 30 something against Washington the other day like if he catches fire along with DeJounte Murray Jacob Pertle, you they could win two games all you really have to do is win two games now, the problem with that, though, and the and the reason why I don't think that they – or a reason why they won't make the – or won't make out the play-in is because their offense is horrible. <laughs> they don't have enough players. Like, again, DeMar DeRozan, he's good, but he's not really good three-point shooting. DeJounte Murray's not good at three, at, at shooting really at all. They they don't really have – I mean, you, your best shooter was Patty Mills, who – we've seen can't carry an offense. So I just think that their their offense and their defense is not that good as well either. Uh so I just think if they if DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray and the young core get on a roll, they can win two games, but their offense is god awful. So I don't I don't know. Not to mention they could win because they're always going to go into the game with the best coach in in Greg Popovich. So Golden State, this is easy. (laughs) This is easy. The reason why they could win is because of Steph Curry. Steph Curry is leading the league in scoring right now. He It's Steph Curry, man. Steph Curry, he he had, what, 11-game streak of 30-plus points a game. Um, It's... Steph Curry can go nuclear. We've seen Steph Curry drop 62. We've seen a couple 50-point games. We've seen a, a, a handful of 40-point games just this season. Steph Curry can go off. That's That, That to me, is the main – not to mention – I'll say this. I think Golden State leads the league in assists or something like that, and that's thanks to Steph. That's thanks to Draymond Green. And because Steph did draw so much attention, we are able to get a lot of backdoor cuts or a lot of players uh, – You know, double teaming Steph so you have a player open. That's that to me is the main reason why you Golden State can make it out of the plan because of Steph Curry and the the energy that he draws, the 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 defense that he draws, and the fact that he can go nuclear and drop sixty on you, and and easily. The reason why I don't think that, or the reason why they won't make it out the plane is because of the others. When I say others. If you, if you, we saw this work, who did they just play? We saw this, the, the, the Dallas Mavericks. They just played and got destroyed maybe a couple of days, a couple, like a week or so ago. They got destroyed by Dallas because what Dallas did was Dallas said, we're going to focus on Steph Curry. We're going to double him. We're going to face guard him. As soon as the balls inbounded full, a full, full court and you know, we're going to face guard him and we're going to make the the others pretty much win. We're going to make Draymond Green have to score. We're going to make Jordan Poole have to score. We're going to make uh um we're going to make the you know, Kevon Looney score, Andrew Wiggins. And if that's the case, they do not have enough to win. Uh not to mention the fact that their defense is not good. So and and we have to see is Kelly if if Kelly Oubre comes back. Um I just think if you – you're not going to neutralize Steph, you know. Uh, but if you hold Steph to maybe 20 to 25 points and make somebody else score, they're not going – that's not going to work. So that's why – Steph Curry is the main and only well, main reason why they will win in the play and the others is the main reason why they won't. You got the Pelicans the pelicans you Zion Williamson is an unstoppable force. I mean, he he's had multiple 30-point games while shooting 80% or above. Zion is just something we've never seen before. Not to mention you can uh even though he's really inconsistent, the best of Lonzo Ball is, is still that Brandon Ingram is really good. Uh they they have they have a player they have two players honestly and Brandon Ingram and Zion that can carry you at least two games and Zion's ability to get to the rim uh, his his strength it's it's is is an unmatched and if you ride that wave you can win two games the problem and the reason why they could lose in the playoffs cuz they do not play any defense their defense is god awful. I don't know what happened. To Eric Bledsoe, he fell off a cliff. Lonzo don't play no defense. Zion definitely doesn't play defense. Brandon Ingram doesn't play de- the entire team. The only person that plays defense is is Stephen Adams, and he can't even play defense outside of the paint. So while you have a, a transcendent type player in Zion and an incredible scorer in in Brandon Ingram, the team does not play defense at all. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's, – it's, it's tough. It's tough. That, that I mean, Golden State beat them the other night, and Steph had, like, 40-something. And it wasn't an easy 40-something. Like, it wasn't even effort. Like, he, there was no effort put in. So, I just – the Pelicans, while, again, Zion, Brandon, Ingram, but they don't play no type of defense, the entire team. So, that's why they could win, and that's why they – could not win. Indiana. Indiana you have you have one of the most slept on players in uh, Sabonis. The problem is though, you don't really have much else around him. Uh I mean, you have Malcolm Brogdon, you have uh Holiday, two of the Holiday brothers. But yeah, you have Sabonis where if you go into a matchup, he could be the best player depending on who you play. That is the reason why they could win, and they played some really good defense. Like they're, they're one of the better defensive teams in in the playing situation. The problem is though, they don't really have much scoring. That's why the Wizards beat them so bad the other day because the Wizards just you know track meet track meet, and I I just don't think that they can keep up the scoring prowess. So that's the you know Sabonis is really the only reason, and and the fact that they they're a good defensive team. There's the only reason why they could win. So, Washington. Oh, man. Washington, the reason why they could win is because you have one, you, out of the all the whole plan, you have probably the, arguably the best bout court. Maybe, of course, you have Trailblazers on the West, but you have Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook, and they've both been on a tear this entire year. I think they could be the first tandem if, if Bradley Bill, um, Finishes with the scoring title, they they can be the first tandem I think ever to have the or the first team to ever have the leading assist guy and leading score. Not to mention, they're getting everyone involved. You you know, Washington got hit hard with injuries and COVID, especially towards the um, beginning of the season, and you see they're starting to pick it up as we speak right now. They're thirty and thirty five. and yeah, man, it's it's you're getting you're getting the best wizards possible at the right time, so I think that they're clicking at the right time. And you have Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. That's the reason why they will they can make it out the out the um plan. They the reason why they could not make it out the plan is because they still don't play no type of defense. Like they're they're beating people with tra- like they just beat they just beat Indiana. I think like one fifty one to like one. 124 like they're still not playing no type of defense and even with Bradley Beal, even with Russell Westbrook, they're not playing any defense. Alex Flynn ain't protecting the rim. Uh what's his name? Garland or something. He's not protecting the rim. Uh Ish Smith ain't playing. Like there's nobody playing defense. And uh that, you know, while you can win those track meets sometimes, when you're going up against a team that can score with the best of them, it's you're gonna have to keep matching fire with fire, and we've seen there are times when they can, and they're on a roll now. But then there are times they cannot, and uh, when they can't, they lose. So, you know, Russell, you Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill can carry you through the plan. However, your defense could end you in the plan. So, got Chicago. Chicago, it's not really like. Zach Levine, I know he's come. He he recently came back from uh, safety protocol, but Zach Levine is is your best player. You also have uh Cody Cody White or Kobe White, Lori Martin. Yeah. yeah, that's that's about it. Zach Levine. I mean, he he's he's on a scoring tear. Uh, in and the in and the problem is you probably, yeah, you probably have the worst team in the plant outside of maybe Sacramento. You probably have the worst team. Uh defensively offensively yeah chicago's not that good so zach levine is pretty much your only hope uh for making it and everything else is the reason why you you can't toronto toronto to me this is the most outside of golden state this is the most you know recently successful team you have you have patrick C- uh uh you have siakam you have kyle lowry You have Nick Nurse, who's a good coach. Um, Gary Gary Trent Jr., he's good. Uh, OG OG Adenobi. You know, you you have good pieces. The problem is you don't know. And and I think that because you have – that's probably one of the better teams uh, collectively. That's why they could win in the play-in. But the thing is you don't know what what Toronto you're going to get. You don't know if you're going to get the bad Siakam. You don't know if you're going to get the Kyle Lowry that can't score to save his life. You don't know – if Gary Trin Jr. is going to go back to the Gary Trent Jr. in the beginning of the season where he couldn't hit a basket, um, you d- you really don't know. It's 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 pretty much a Jacqueline Hyde type season for them, and I think that you know if they get on the wrong side of that, uh, if they get the wrong team that day, it's it it can be a wrap for them. So that's Toronto, Sacramento. I don't even know why I added them. Man, I, I think I added them because they have a chance to get in the in the plan. But Sacramento is god awful, bro. Like they they probably have the worst team. in out, I mean, it's, it's pretty much arguably between them and Chicago. Sacramento sucks, bro. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I'm being frank, but they they are horrible. Like like they suck. And I was I mean, all you have is De'Aaron Fox. That's it. That is it. No, all you have is De'Aaron Fox. Harrison Barnes ain't carrying you to nothing. I think Marvin Bagley's injured. Like, they, they no, nah, man. They suck. That's, if, 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 no, they don't, I don't think, even if De'Aaron Fox, even if De'Aaron Fox goes off, they can win a game. But they, I don't think they even have a shot of making the, or winning the play. So, I don't even know why I added them, bro. I, I apologize to my listeners and viewers. Uh, the Sacramento shouldn't have been added. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, you got the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers, it's easy why they could win. Again, arguably the best backcourt in the playing in with uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. You got Melo. You got Anus Kanter. You got Nurkic. You got, uh, you know, Robert Covington. You got – there's arguably the best team. However – as we've seen, this team can go through scoring droughts. Even with uh Dame and CJ, this team can go through scoring drops and they can go through droughts even with Robert Covington, who's honestly pretty much their, their only defender, they could they 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 have defensive laws, like the like their defense key. once you turn that zone off, it's off. <laughs> it's like again, outside of Robert Covington, they don't really have any defense uh, defenders. So while you ha- you can score with the best of them you have, arguably the best Player in the well, the you could have the best player depending on who you see because we know what what Steph does when he sees Portland, but you know Damian Lillard can definitely rise you from the the plan. However, your defense or lack of defense can keep you right in there. So those are the teams that I think could win the plan, could you know could lose. Well, we'll see how it goes, man. We'll see how it goes. Moving forward, so. Scott Brooks came out the other day, I think maybe two days ago, and said that Russell Westbrook is the second best point guard we've ever seen. Uh I'm not here. I'm not here to bash Russell Westbrook. I'm not going to. In fact, I'm going to give, I'm going to compliment Russell Westbrook. I'm going to tell the truth about Russell Westbrook. Russell, and I, and I talked about this. Early, I talked about this a couple episodes ago, but it needs to be said again. Russell Westbrook is a player unlike we've ever seen. He he's one of the, he's one of if not the most athletic point guard we've ever seen. His the energy that he brings to the game, we have never seen it. It would be second to none. I think I kind of match the energy that he brings to a Kevin Kevin Garnett. You know how Kevin Garnett, especially his Minnesota days, never really took a playoff. His intensity was at an all-time high. Of course, Russell Westbrook doesn't come with the trash talk that uh, Kevin Garnett does, but we talk about pure energy. We'll never, I don't think we'll ever see, well, we will ever see that again in a guard. And Russell Westbrook, I think, and, and it's, well, Russell Westbrook gets overly criticized because of the lack of, I guess accomplishments that he's had. Now, of course, he won an MVP, uh, but and he's been to an NBA Finals once when he was younger. But he he's one of those players that he continuously gets demoted, I guess, because of his lack of accomplishments. However, Russell Westbrook this season will come will finish. Well, this will be his fourth. I, I repeat fourth season where he finishes with a triple-double, averaging a triple-double. We have never seen Russell Westbrook, and we will never see, in my opinion, another Russell Westbrook. With that being said, no, I don't think he's the second best point guard ever. I I, I just don't. Um, I think some of his decision-making kind of holds him back. I think his 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 lack of, even though it's crazy to think that a person that averages triple double has lack in something, but his lack of, of shooting kind of, uh, and his and his 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 on ball defense is kind of iffy. But just because Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, is not the second best point guard of all time, doesn't mean that Russell Westbrook, he we he. We will never see another Russell Westbrook, and we need to marvel at what we're seeing while it's here. Because again, this this the dude is six <laughs> three. The dude is six three, averaging a triple double. This is the fourth time he's done it, and again we we can say well, I mean, of course we can talk about the the lack of. We can talk about what he struggles with, but if we. The dude is having a triple-double that doesn't make him the best point guard, that doesn't make him the greatest, but it's just something that we've never seen, and I don't think we will ever see again. So, no, I don't think Russell Westbrook is the second best point guard ever, but I do think that we have never seen and will never see again a Russell Westbrook, and I think we have to marvel at what we're seeing. Again, dude, this is... (laughs) This is four years. in a, This is four out of five years, I believe, that he's averaging a triple-double. Like, that's, you know, giving him his flowers. Just giving him the flowers. Another person that I'm going to get flowers, and this is where we'll end the show, is Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony, I think two nights ago, uh, entered into the top ten in scoring all time. I think he passed Elgin Baylor so he is now top 10 in scoring now a lot can be said about carmelo there's and 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 some of the some of the criticism that carmelo gans is true you know what i'm saying uh, carmelo anthony chose chose money over rings um but again i'm not i'm not saying that's the bad choice is what he chose um carmelo anthony never really cared about defense defensive side of the ball uh you know there, there's you know carmelo anthony even though that a lot of people said outside of lebron could have been the best player in that draft which is 2003. um you know chris bosh won a ring k uh what's his name d wade won a ring ron but melo didn't so there's even hell even darko Milicic <laughs> was on the bench winning a ring all the criticism is true about mellow but there's another person i'm giving the flowers We've never – there's a reason why a lot of people think that Melo is one of the greatest scorers of our generation. Melo, <laughs> with his ability to, to – to his, his mid-range ability is, is up there when we talk about some of the greats. We talk about Kobe as a great mid-range shooter. We talk about MJ was a great – KD. We have We also put in Carmelo Anthony because of his ability to score in the mid-range and that is that's wow and and, and the thing is Melo has never been the greatest three-point shooter it's just his he's he's like one of the last of it well there's there's KD but he's one of those players that still thrive in the mid-range even though it's kind of a dying shot he's still there and again congratulations to Carmelo Anthony for entering the top 10 in scoring there's another player that gets unfairly criticized because of his lack of accomplishments. I mean, yeah, I think he's a four-time uh, Team USA gold medalist, the only player to have four, uh, you know, like I said, top ten in scoring. He's still one of the best, if not the best player that the Nuggets have ever had. One, he's one of the best players that the Knicks have ever had. Um, it's 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 crazy how... The criticism that Melo gets, he get. I mean, he's one of the players that you hear a lot more criticism than praise, which is unfortunate. But I'm not here to criticize, bro. Congratulations, Carmelo Anthony, for entering the top ten in scoring. Of course, he's a first round Hall of Famer. So was Russell Westbrook, but he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he will go down as one of the greatest offensive scorers that we've ever seen. So, and and, and you can argue what you can argue all you want look at the numbers. He will go down as one of the best shooters scores. The league has ever seen. So congratulations to you, Carmelo Anthony. And that has been this week's been this today's episode, man. I appreciate you guys uh, for coming. I appreciate you guys for listening. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It definitely will mean a lot to me. Um, again, I'm trying to hit a thousand, so I'm definitely grinding for a thousand road to a thousand. Uh, by my birthday which is in July. So please, please, if you can just subscribe, it would definitely mean a lot. You can subscribe and keep it moving. You know, it, it, you know, I appreciate it. If you want an unpopular podcast shirt, hoodie, uh, sweatshirt, joggers, whatever you want. I got you. The link is in the description below. Uh, like I said, it, m- all the items that's on the, on the website, you can, it has different colors. Just click on the item and you can change the color. Again, it's about to get hot, so get your Unpopular Podcast shirt. It definitely mean a lot, man. It would mean a lot to support. But again, that has been this week's or this today's episode of Unpopular Podcast. And until next time, much love. <laughs>
0: When you went back to where you came from, did they praise you for doing me wrong? Did you tell them everything that went on, or did you tell them everything was my fault? I had a dream that we made up and made love, and you gave back a piece of my heart. Then we invented a time machine to go back to the very start before all the i just keep thinking about you baby thinking how can you live without me can we find a remedy a remedy for us to cure this loveless war because i've been thinking about it lately even though i know you're crazy, crazy. yesterday was our six-month anniversary what about you braces and a rose bouquet but i just took myself to out at our favorite place And in loving memory I ordered your favorite tray Tomorrow night I'm meeting with this lady And she's out of sight But she's nothing like you And she's not my type But she's a stone cold dime Or at least tonight And now it's eight It's too fucking late to be making a statement about our relations I gotta get dressed for this day Then I can't relate To anything that she would think of and say Make my mom wonder in a disarray. Up. Memories